to another episode of the Modern Manifestation Podcast. I'm your host, Bree Brown, a lettuce-hating, wine-loving, curses-like-a-sailor, recovering perfectionist. Having thrived in a male-dominated, commission-based industry, I'm passionate about helping women boldly pursue their life goals. In this space, we build confidence with our mindset, manifestation, and spirituality. I believe that your life manifests as a result of who you are, not what you do, and that your personality creates your personal reality. Join this growing community to increase your net worth by increasing your self-worth. Now let's jump into today's topic. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Modern Manifestation Podcast. Today, we are jumping into the different types of meditation, what they do for us, and who they are best suited for. And if you haven't listened to my past podcast episodes about meditation, I highly recommend you start there with the benefits of meditation, episode number 92, and the episode before that where I discuss intrusive thoughts while meditating, which is episode number 85. Hindsight 2020, I probably could have planned a better sequence for these episodes, (laughs) so feel free to listen to them in whatever way inspires you or works for you. And even though we're discussing a bunch of different types of meditation today, remember that the best practice is the one you will follow. And as you listen to the different types today, take note of which types feel the most approachable, the most doable for you. Regardless of the long-term results you're looking for, determine which type of meditation works best for you right now. I used to love the idea of doing silent meditations because I heard that that's where you can get the most benefit. And by the way, that had not been proven, but that's what I thought. But I also didn't like that type of meditation, and so I just never meditated as a result. So if the type of meditation that will help you reach your goals is the type that you will only commit to once a month, then it's not a very useful practice. So instead, give yourself complete freedom to find the one that fits your lifestyle right now. And if guided meditations are easier than sitting in complete silence, then start with guided meditations. Or if you're really into loving kindness because they make you feel really good afterward and those are easier to commit to than visualization meditations, then start with loving kindness. Work to build a consistent habit first and then worry about customizing your routine for maximum benefit later. As I've said before, consistency is the most important thing you can focus on. Meditations that create discomfort are likely the types that you need the most. That is true. But they're also the kind that you're more likely to avoid. So start slow, ease your way in, And then once you start to see some results, it'll be a lot easier to keep going and then to be able to tolerate the discomfort as you go. So establish the habit first. And once you build in that consistency and that routine, then get into playing with different types of meditation that might challenge you or make you more uncomfortable. So thanks for letting me get on my soapbox about that. (laughs) And for the record, researchers unanimously agree, at least in all the articles that I have found, that any type of meditation is beneficial. And there is a direct positive correlation between the amount of time you meditate and the physical changes of your brain and body. So in other words, the more you meditate, the healthier you become. Hard stop, regardless of the type that's practiced. And any type of practice will increase the gray matter of your brain, 
where a lot of your neurons are stored, meaning better and more efficient brain processing power. And there's also a ton more general benefits of meditation that don't apply to any specific practice as much as all of them. And we'll cover some of those as well. So whether you commit to one minute a day or one hour, whether you commit to silent meditation or guided, whether you meditate under the perfect Zen conditions or in an airport, you will benefit from a practice. So accept where you're at, what you're capable of doing today, and begin. I'm going to cover the five most common meditation types today, or at least the ones I've used the most, but there are tons more that you can explore in your own time, so feel free to jump in and just figure out which ones resonate with you the most. Okay, let's get into it. The first meditation type I want to talk about is probably one of the more popular types of meditation, and this is mindfulness meditation which is about noticing and becoming present through awareness of something, awareness of internal or external conditions. And we practice mindfulness when we bring our attention to the present moment by observing our thoughts, our breath, our bodily sensations, or our emotions, without judgment, I should add. (laughs) This kind of meditation can also be called an open awareness meditation, where we simply become aware of the internal and external surroundings. And if you're new to meditation, This could be a great place to start because it gives you something to focus on. So instead of the absence of focusing on something, which can be quite challenging, you're choosing to focus your mind on a particular task. So if you don't have access to any guided meditations, what you can do is you can focus on any number of things. You can focus on the rise and fall of your breath. You can focus on the quality of your breaths, the kinds of thoughts that are popping into your head. You can observe the sounds around you, your bodily sensations, the lighting quality, smells. You can simply think of a white light. There's no limit to what kind of awareness you can bring to this practice. Simply focus your awareness on something and then stick with it throughout the duration of your practice. The objective is to actively just choose one area of focus and correcting your mind anytime it wanders away. So it's like a practice of neutrality which can be great for anyone that's easily stressed. And according to the Scientific American, during a study of an eight-week mindfulness meditation course, participants whose brains were scanned with an MRI showed a reduction in the size of their amygdala when they practiced mindfulness meditation. And as a reminder, the amygdala is the part of the brain that is responsible for your fight-or-flight response. A smaller amygdala means less likelihood of having a negative reaction like stress. So it's a good thing. So those participants, their amygdala got smaller. And then the MRI also showed that the prefrontal cortex thickened, meaning that it was better able to function, which is also great news because the prefrontal cortex is related to decision-making, concentration, awareness. And last but not least, the scans also showed that the connection points between the rest of the brain and the amygdala got weaker, while the connection points between the rest of the brain and the prefrontal cortex grew stronger. And the scientists a part of that study believe that the reduction in size and connectivity of the amygdala is responsible for healthier bodies since our amygdala controls our stress response, or cortisol, the stress hormone, which we know has many negative side effects on the body. So a smaller amygdala, a thicker prefrontal cortex, this is a key to help you with nervous system regulation if you really struggle to get out of that fight-or-flight response. 
And this is why so many people talk about meditation as being a great practice for stress response. It's not just something fun to say. There is research that is being done that's proving that meditation is a very powerful practice for helping you restructure the brain, physically restructure the brain so that it's processing in a way that serves you. Many of us have never done any sort of exercises for our brains other than general learning. Meditation is one of those things. It's a direct practice to help us improve the structure of our brain. So a mindfulness practice can be especially helpful for people that struggle with the stress response, people that want assistance with decision making or focusing, or people that are looking for ways to help their nervous system relax and to help themselves get to that parasympathetic state, which can be really helpful if you struggle with anxiety. The next type of meditation that I'm going to talk about is the loving kindness meditation. This is also called compassion or meta meditation, and it involves generating feelings of love, compassion, or goodwill towards oneself, loved ones, acquaintances, strangers, and even people that you do not like very much. And there are many ways that you can do this meditation. But the way I like to do it is start off by sending yourself unconditional love for several minutes, then switching to someone you love, someone you feel neutral about, someone you dislike. And then I usually finish up with sending love to the world or the universe as a whole. You can also add in some positive affirmation or phrases like, may I be happy, may I be peaceful, may I be loved, may I be free from suffering. And you can also repeat positive affirmations or phrases as you go. A popular group of affirmations is, may I be happy, may I be peaceful, may I be loved, may I be free from suffering. And you can refer that to yourself and then also to everyone else as well, the world, strangers, etc. And I really love this practice because it cultivates empathy, forgiveness, and a deep sense of connection with all beings. And it's also a really great practice for anyone that struggles with self-worth because this one really helps you gain a lot more compassion and empathy for yourself. So if you're someone that's really hard on yourself, or maybe you struggle with something like body dysmorphia, a loving kindness meditation practice can be really helpful for you. And according to Neuroscience News, this practice also improves our memory retention, and it reduces our struggle with depression. Over the course of a four-week study, a group of 50 individuals who typically suffered from depression were asked to practice a loving-kindness meditation every day for 10 minutes. And at the end of the study, an overwhelming number of individuals reported having better memory recall, and their memories were more positive in general. They also had better autobiographic memory, which is important for self-concept, problem-solving, and emotional regulation. And autobiographic memory is often impaired in people who suffer from depression. And it was also found that this area of the brain is responsible for emotional regulation and empathy, and it was more responsive after engaging in a consistent loving-kindness meditation. And their theory from the MRI scans that were done is that this empathy is increased because this practice strengthens the connectivity between the amygdala, again, that fight-or-flight response, and the right dorsomedial prefrontal cortex, which is where we process empathy and also the left dorsal anterior cingulate cortex, which is where we learn and process things like executive functioning, better choices, and goal setting. I know that was a lot, so just to say that in a little bit more of a concise way, the part of our brain that's responsible for fight or flight and stress, smaller, the part of our brain that's responsible for empathy, better connected throughout the brain, and also the part of your brain responsible for executive functioning, goal setting, etc., was also strengthened. 
And finally, in an EEG study where individuals practice loving-kindness meditations, they then got on a treadmill, and it was found that this practice is responsible for generating significant neurophysiological changes, like a reduced heart rate and improved brain-heart connectivity, which has a positive impact on your immune system. Or I should say could have a positive impact on your immune system. So a loving-kindness meditation is especially helpful for people who suffer from depression, PTSD, body dysmorphia, anyone that wants to improve their emotional intelligence, boost their immune system, would like help with some social skills, or for people who carry a lot of anger and hate with them. So if you're super pessimistic and angry at the world, this meditation practice might be for you. The third type of meditation practice that I want to talk about is mantra meditation. And this is a technique where practitioners repeat a positive mantra. So it can be a specific sound, word, phrase, whatever it is, practice it in a relaxed manner with closed eyes. The mantra aspect of it serves as a vehicle to settle your mind so you can access deeper levels of consciousness. Kind of like mindfulness meditation, it gives you something to focus on which allows you, as you go through this practice, to get into a deeper state of relaxation. It helps you reduce your stress levels, and it also helps with increased awareness. So to do this type of meditation, choose a mantra and repeat it in your mind throughout the entire meditation practice. Your mantra could be something as simple as a syllable, om, ah. It could be a statement, I am loved, I am abundant, or even something as simple as I am or joy or love. You could also use any of your favorite affirmations as a mantra to help with your manifestations. Bonus tip. (laughs) Neuroscientists have found that while we practice mantra meditation, our brains produce high power alpha waves, which is responsible for our feeling bliss, serenity, and expansiveness. Alpha waves may also be responsible for improving dialogue between the different brain regions that we have, such as the precuneus, the left parietal lobe, and insula which all impact our ability to feel at peace and connected. So for all of these reasons, this meditation practice is especially great for anyone who needs a little help with stress and anxiety. The next type of meditation we're going to jump into is guided meditation, which in my opinion are the most approachable form of meditation because someone is leading you through the practice. So you're able to focus on what someone else is wanting you to do. To that end, guided meditation can be any of the other types of meditation also. Loving kindness, mindfulness, visualization, body scans, chakra, etc. I find that this meditation is easiest because you don't have to worry as much about your roaming thoughts and sitting in stillness. Because you're focused and paying attention to what the person is saying and what they're wanting you to experience. And it helps you learn how to better focus your mind so you're better prepared for the other types of meditation later. I kind of consider this like meditation with training wheels. (laughs) So this is great for anyone that has tried to meditate before, but just found it too difficult to do. If sitting in silence just makes you feel like you want to beat your head against the wall, start with guided meditations and give yourself complete and unlimited permission to do so. And if you need a little help, I highly recommend the Insight Timer app. Again, this is not a promo. It's just my favorite app for meditations. (laughs) And if you want to know what it looks like in the app store, it's a little white background with a bronze bowl on it. It has a ton of free guided meditations for you. There's so many that you could choose from, and you don't have to have a membership in order to access them. 
guided meditation can also be particularly helpful for beginners who want to focus on their manifestation goals because you can combine your meditation practice and your visualization practice into this exercise. And unfortunately, I couldn't find any studies for you guys about guided meditation and its impacts on the brain, because anytime I googled it, I just got all this information and data on meditation as a whole. To that end, I just assume that the different types of guided meditations will impact your brain in many of the same ways I've discussed above. And like I discussed in the loving kindness meditation, if you do that kind of guided meditation, you're probably going to get a lot of the loving kindness meditation benefits as well as the focused meditation benefits because you're doing both within a practice. That's my assumption. There is no research on that, so don't take my word for it. But that's what makes sense in my head. So I highly recommend you start with guided meditations if you need help turning off your brain. You will still reap tons and tons of benefits. Okay, the fifth meditation type that I'm going to talk about is a moving meditation, another one of my favorites. This is a meditation practice with some sort of movement, like yoga, dancing, walking, hiking, stretching. The purpose of this meditation is to get in tune with your body and what it's doing and becoming mindful. So if you're stressed for time and you want to do a nighttime walk after dinner anyway, or you want to do a walk with your dog before work, this can be a great way for you to kind of combine those two things into one without you feeling too guilty about it, if that's something you're struggling with. But the biggest difference, and this is the one challenge to it, the biggest difference between normal movement and activities and a meditative movement is that you're not in a hurry to get anywhere. You're not rushing to complete. And you're very present. You're not on your phone. You're not thinking about work. You're just very present with yourself as you continue to walk. Joe Dispenza has some great walking meditations for anyone that's interested in trying one of these out. This type of practice is especially great for those of us who have a tendency to disassociate or to struggle to connect with our bodily sensations, or for those of us with the monkey mind. A movement meditation is a type of focused meditation that allows you to focus on your movements instead of your thoughts. So studies show that people who engage in movement meditations usually have increased feelings of relaxation, lowered blood pressure, improved heart and lung health, as well as any of the type of benefits that you would normally associate with the activity that you're doing itself, like strength, flexibility, stamina, endurance, etc. So this can be a great meditation practice for anyone that's usually restless or anyone that struggles and feels pain when sitting down, or if the space around you is just a little too chaotic and you need to escape it. I especially love this type of meditation while I'm traveling because it's something I can use as an excuse to decompress when I'm experiencing a lot of sensory overload, and I don't really need a whole lot in order to be able to do this. And I know I said I was only going to talk about five types of meditations, but I'm going to throw one more in there because it just popped into my head as I'm going through all of these, and that's kundalini meditations. So I know we talked about kundalini in another podcast episode. Kundalini is really the idea of connecting with our energy. And in my experience, a kundalini meditation practice can be really helpful for anyone who's looking to shift their energy. If you feel like there's something blocked, if you feel like you have money blocks or an emotional block, kundalini meditations can really help you move a lot of that through your body. 
And this is a practice that I just started fairly recently. So I don't have a lot of personal experience to be able to speak to yet, but I do feel a profound change when I finish them. So for what it's worth, that's another type of meditation practice that I think could be directly correlated with your manifestation desires. Okay, I know that's a lot. The biggest takeaway here is that every kind of meditation is beneficial. Every single one. And I've heard people say in the past that they feel like guided meditations are cheating or they don't do moving meditations because they don't think that counts. They're not as focused as they are when they're sitting. I'm here to tell you that you have complete freedom to explore which types best fit your lifestyle. And there are so many more types of meditations that I couldn't even get into today. Meditations like pranayama, chakra, body scans. So just have fun exploring and find out which ones resonate with you the most. What's great for you may not be the best for someone else and vice versa. So pick one or two styles that just feel the most approachable and get started with those. Determine which of these you might be comfortable trying for at least three minutes every day. And give yourself at least three months to begin noticing any changes. And then once you do, let me know. The best meditation practice is the one you do consistently. So I hope that my last couple of episodes about meditation have really helped to either inspire you to begin a practice or to resurrect an old practice if you've fallen out of the habit. And remember, the benefit of meditation is in the struggle. So it's okay for your mind to wander. It's okay to accidentally fall asleep. It's okay to miss a day or two or a week. It's okay to become impatient or angry. We're looking for progress, not perfection. Have a fantastic rest of your week, and I will catch y'all in the next episode. Until then, go out there and manifest some miracles. I hope y'all enjoyed today's episode. If you want to check out the show notes, head over to www.themodernmanifestation.com forward slash blog. If you're loving this podcast, please drop me a review, share this episode with a loved one, and follow me on Instagram at Modern Manifestation. I love y'all so much, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.